Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome Bill Nowicki to our program. Bill is an electrical engineer by education and trade. He actually started podcasting in 2014 with Submarine Sea Stories. Boy, that sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. In 2016, he added Marietta Stories and recently transferred this show uh, to a local business owner and community builder. And then in November of 2022, Bill added Navigating Mental Illness, Parent Stories, because he knew how important it is to capture the stories of loved ones that are supporting persons with mental illnesses. So Bill, welcome to our program today. And what else would you like to add to that biography? Well, uh, I've dabbled in stand-up comedy and I wouldn't recommend really? it. Really? Yeah, wouldn't recommend it. It's very <laughs> scary and uh, surprisingly scary. Oh, no, I can totally. So I've got images of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel going through my head. So are you the marvelous no. Mr. Nowicki? No, no, no it, um, but it's one of those things where I learned that nothing really bad happens. You can mm. uh, die on stage for five minutes and, you know, you have a beer afterwards. So it all <laughs> ends up well, but uh, pretty scary. And the, the sun still rises in the east the next day. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. I don't think we've had anyone yeah. on our program that has that uh, quality or uh, hobby. hobby yeah. Or yeah. I don't do whatever. it for money. That's for sure. I think I got paid $40 <laughs> over the last few years doing it. So. Well, thank you uh, yeah. again, Bill, for joining us today. So you are so passionate about increasing awareness around mental health. And can you share with our listeners why that is so important to you? Yeah, I have a son. Uh, he's 29 now, uh, but he was diagnosed seven years ago with a mental illness. And what I recognized is as a person, I needed to change uh, perhaps more than he did. And um, I struggled, uh, like most parents do, early on and what to do, what to do next, uh, solving his problem getting him through the legal system, you know, the all the ups and downs. And what I learned through that journey is that was mostly my doing. That was mostly my pain. And it's taken me seven years to start this podcast. I had thought about it years ago, being a podcaster, uh -huh. but... Um, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's so, such a raw thing um, that I put it off. But I also know there's so much need and there's so much um, about parents that doesn't get acknowledged or um, helped in a way that can help their child or, you know, whatever. So I just think listening to people, one, is cathartic, but two, uh, 
just my own journey. I know how much I've changed since that uh, first psychotic break my son had. Wow. So I'm going to guess that parents and care primary caregivers walking that journey like you have walked with your son need just real tangible information like mm -hmm. who do i call for this how yeah. how would i handle this you referenced uh interactions with law mm -hmm. um but also they need support emotional support right and probably not every or i'm going to guess people get to that point at different stages in the journey yes. some, some people might want that week week one and for others that might be a year or three years down the road yes and you know it's such a journey i'm glad you brought up that word um for me it was it was i'm a problem you know like you said i'm an electrical engineer i'm a problem solver here's a problem fix it here's a problem fix it and it's so complicated uh and you end up in places that you don't want to be and i can remember uh, my son was struggling and i remember uh yelling at him because that's all I had left. I had nothing yeah. left in the tank. And I was like, you know, you're going to have uh, what I said is a half blank life. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I look back, I'm not proud of that moment, but it was a uh, moment that when I finally got into therapy, which is another big part of my journey, um, I talked about that pain and, and what I was going through at the time. And I realized that I really needed to take care of our relationship and myself um, and have some separation to get healthy. And then I could better serve whoever, not just my son, but the rest of the people that I care about. But it took, I've been in therapy for, in a, well, I guess, almost five years now, but it's taken quite a long time for me to understand that. And when... I joined uh, a Facebook group, a group support for parents uh, of mentally ill children, adult children, and mm -hmm. I just saw their stories, and you could see kind of that uh, the people that are first starting out looking for help, like you said, and then to the people that have set boundaries, realize that their lives are worth something too, and mm -hmm. been able to have that separation and still um, have relationships with their uh, children. So that was, um, you know, to go back to your question, that's so important to, um, you know, it's so complicated. And as you might imagine, legals, uh, and it, you name it, you get pulled in a hundred different directions and parents are just winging it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want to talk badly about our systems, but the legal system doesn't talk with the mental health system and HIPAA laws and all these other challenges. It just makes it like you're, you're, uh, it's a losing battle no matter what you do. And like I said, as a, as a uh, problem solver, I was done. It was way above my pay grade. So I gave up yeah. trying to solve problems, you know. It's um, but so true, Bill. I mean, even if you, um, you know, your child is doesn't have that issue going on, mm -hmm. you know, once they hit 18, you've got HIPAA issues, yeah. 
Um, our young adult son has an underlying medical condition and he wants to handle everything on his own, but you know, mom and dad are still paying for the medical insurance and we need information. And that's a, I guess a healthy boundary struggle that we have with him, but I can only imagine Mm -hmm. when you've got issues where there is a mental health condition involved as well, that struggle. And yeah, the system, um, you know, we should capitalize that and put it in uh, air quotes, right? The system. Um, And so... And I am sure that parents who have children with chronic health conditions, um, you know, whether it's diabetes or or things like that, also encounter similar obstacles and opportunities. But yet there's often this stigma around mental health. And so I I don't want to say it's more difficult, but maybe um, I, I don't know. Yeah, and there's many stories, and I was involved in NAMI early on, went to the family to family, okay. and they, they make the statement that no one brings you a casserole when your child is when, in a mental health crisis. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. I mean, I would find myself, someone would ask how your son's doing, and I could see their face change. When I started explaining, it's like pretty soon I was trying to... Uh, uh, soothe them. Yeah. So you got to, you know, I learned so many skills through this, but one of them is you don't share, you don't necessarily share things with people that uh, haven't shown the fact that they can handle what you're telling them. And I interviewed right. a lady up in New Brunswick, Canada on the show, and she said she can't talk to her mom. And it's sad, but her mom, you know, mm-hmm. as you might admit, uh, might imagine, is old school and said, is just dismissing the issue. And uh, yeah, she just needs to snap out of right, it. Right, that type of yeah. thing, and and <laughs> and she doesn't understand. And you know, when somebody's in their eighties, and I found myself doing the same thing with my family, is just not sharing mm-hmm. as much. And then you need a support group. I think it's important to have people you can just unwind to and not make it about, oh, this is the latest thing my son or daughter did, but make it about you, your reaction to the thing. And I, like I said, I'm not a therapist, I'm an engineer, but you learned a lot of skills through this. And, and I'm sure. And, I, and I've told my son, uh, he's really taught me more about life than I ever imagined uh, going in. So it's, it's, he really, I hate to say it's, it's not a gift necessarily, but I, something I really needed to learn and, Mm -hmm. and through this process I've learned it. Yeah. Um, so Bill, I don't know if you keep up with this sort of thing, but can you share a little bit more about the latest data and research around youth and mental health obviously there's been so much conversation about what the three past three years um has done in terms of its impact on youth mental health but this was an issue before the pandemic and that's why we started our mind your mind mental health awareness initiative in 2019 um what 
what do you hear? What do you see? Well, it's interesting. I'm an admin on that support group on Facebook, and I literally mm -hmm. get three, and I don't approve all of them, but there's typically three or four new parents joining that group every day. And okay. yeah, and there's probably, I think there's 12,000 people on there. So mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. quite a number of people that are just struggling to find help. And you can imagine, uh, that's probably just the tip of the iceberg out there. And they say 20% of the people have uh, some form of mental illness. Well, right. if you think about the parents of that, you know, you're getting up in the 30, 40% of the people that are affected by it. Effect, yeah. And I hear that a lot too when I'll share something. I have my, uh, my son's struggling with a mental illness. And they'll share, oh, my sister, my mom, my blah, blah, blah. It's, it opens up conversations quite a bit. So I just, I don't follow the data necessarily. I mm -hmm. look at it more from uh, where, where can I best help folks hear what they need to hear and, um, you know, w what they could consider I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do because it's way too complicated right. to say, do these three yeah. things and you'll be you'll be okay. But just getting people to think and have a conversation around it, I think is so important. Um, I I watched the show, it's probably not too great, but I watched the show 90 Day Fiance. And uh, I recently got engaged to a wonderful woman. She's the co-host of the show, Laura Graham. And we talk about that show because of the types of things those couples do. That wow. partner didn't validate, you know. Uh, but whatever it takes to see people and hear people's stories and getting those specifics, to me, is how you kind of rewire your brain, which is really required to me. Um, and, and I'll give you a quick example about the rewiring. So I interviewed the first lady I interviewed for the show was from Texas and she shared that she's 63 or 62 and her husband and her have been married 50 years and she's been able to manage her son's uh, mental illness but he lives at home he can't have a credit card he has all he has several limitations some uh, challenges with executive functioning and I said what's your goal for yourself? She goes, well, I want to travel, but I really can't leave him for 20, more than 24 hours. Wow. So I asked the question, what's the end game? You know, what, because mm -hmm. you're not going to be around forever. And I, you know, as a podcaster, you have to ask the questions that may be uncomfortable to ask, but uh, are important. And she said, well, I hope my sons, my other sons will, will pick up the slack when we're gone. Mm -hmm. And to me, the music always stops. It's eventually, no matter what you do as a parent, you can work and slave and, you know, get the programs and have all those things happen. If you're not thinking about the future, then you're really, you're, all you're doing is uh, delaying the inevitable, which I think parents do typically. It's like, can I make it through today? Can I make it through tomorrow? What about next week? Long term, it's what do I need to do to mm -hmm. put that uh, person in a uh, better position so they can be independent, so they can do the things that adults do. And yeah. and to me, that doesn't come typically in a in a bottle of pills necessarily. Um, 
but it takes just time and effort and setting boundaries and having some distance and the types of things I've found that worked for me and and, and my son uh, that has made our relationship totally different, which, you know, I'm excited about. But again, I'm not trying to judge other people for not doing it. Yeah, by yeah. their choices, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Bill, you're an administrator of the Facebook yeah. group, and then you started this podcast or switched the focus of your podcast in um, last year to navigating mm-hmm. mental illness. And how does the podcast, I mean, you mentioned this this one lady, um, yeah. are there some specific, like, continuing themes that yeah. you try to hit on in terms of awareness or support, all of the above? Yeah, so... I think first of all, it's just cathartic. This is what my my therapist called it, but I think it's true. Uh-huh. Uh, cathartic to tell your story. So I think that's yeah. the first goal. Is you know, when did you see you know changes with your son or daughter, and and then we get into what your day like, what your uh, what are you dealing with, how have you dealt with uh, the mental health system, the legal system. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the future, what, you know, what are your goals? Uh, have you uh, done self-care? How do you set boundaries? And to me, that's very um, typical where, and this is nothing against parents, but this is what typically happens, especially with most folks that I interview uh, are dealing with some type of manic, bipolar, psychotic behavior. Um, okay. What I would call... Um, anxiety, trauma-based things that uh, happen in this person's life. And what you typically see is the, f- the, the first response is to solve the problem. Let me get him in the hospital. Let me get him on the right meds. What's the diagnosis? Mm-hmm. You know, all those type of things. Now I have all those things. Well, really, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, really, that is kind of the beginning of your journey. And then let's say the person gets stable, like my son has been stable many times, you try to get them back on track. And unfortunately, you tend to repeat uh, the same pattern. You know, they might go off the meds, I feel better. And people Mm -hmm. get caught up into the minutia of keeping them in a path. And and, uh, what ends up happening typically for someone like Catherine's a good example. She's up in New Brunswick, Canada. She paid for a trailer for her son to live in. He uh, gets disability from Canada. Uh, doesn't He doesn't work typically, uh, but she's now gotten joy back in her life because she has mm-hmm. that distance. She has that separation. And she saved her marriage too i mean the first one of the things that you typically hear uh is there's a lot of blame well you shouldn't have been Um, as uh letting him or her do all these things you you know blah 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 you know and then um with her and her husband they found that they take care of themselves their relationships they look out for one another and they've now uh she said if things continue the way they are today, I'll be okay. And hmm. one of the one of the most, you know, I, I I end up getting 
pretty emotional listening to these stories. But one of the things that really touched me about her story was she said, when I meet with my son now, I don't feel like fixing him. I don't say, get your hair cut. You know, why don't you clean up this place? Why are you just laying around? And that is kind of my journey with my son. Excuse me, man. Let me take a drink. The pollen is getting to everybody, I think. Oh, my gosh. But that was kind of my journey with my son is, do I care about the relationship? If If I do, then seeing his hair not cut, you know, his car's not clean, is that really important as an adult relationship? The answer is no. So I dropped all those things. Is it difficult? Yeah, some days. But most of the time, we can spend a nice afternoon, have a moment, mm-hmm. um, and I'll share a story, just how far we've come. So I, I told you about the time that I got pretty upset, you know, and I was he was supposed to fill out some form. He didn't do it, and I yelled at him. Well, now um, we take a trip to Florida for a long weekend, typically. And this last uh, time in Florida, I, you know, we talk about, surface level things. And I said, can I share with you some of the things that went through what, what I what it felt like for me when he was pretty sick? And, and I shared some of those stories and it got quiet and he goes, well, thanks. You know, I appreciate you telling me. And the next day he started sharing things that he was struggling with. And oh. to me, that was, um, uh, you know, as a dad, that was really impactful to me. And having that adult type relationship with him, and that's what I would wish for all these parents. I know there's so many different scenarios and things that they're challenged with, but just having a relationship where you can have a cup of coffee, a lunch, and Mm -hmm. really talk and have an interaction and, and have fun. And, you know, it, to take the emotion away from, you know, whatever stuff that happened. And there's a lot of stuff <laughs> that you can hold on to, but, you know, I just let it go as much as I can. Okay. Bill, do you feel that the stigma around mental health is abating? Um, do you feel people are getting more comfortable yeah. talking about, about mental health, just like they would their physical health yeah. issues. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's ever going to go away. I I would say, I mean, liver disease, you know, whatever, cancer. That's so much mm-hmm. more of a um, disease model where it's like, oh, you have this disease. I'm, you know, I'm taking this. I'm okay, or I'm not. Yeah. I'm in remission. You know, I did. There's some specifics mm-hmm. there, but with mental health, and I read some some really good books uh, uh, The Myth of Normal I think is pretty good Gabor Mate uh, but he talks about trauma and um, you know when doctors when you go to see a doctor doctor would say you know what are your symptoms what's going on and he said instead of saying that why don't they say what happened to you mm-hmm. and you know, I look back at my son's life, there was trauma in his life that caused neural pathways to get created that um, ended up, um, you know, having negative effects on his life and how he, you know, 
deals with our society. Well, okay. well, to me, you can't separate the two. You can't separate like the disease model doesn't really work. Like, yes, meds could help. Meds do help. But mm -hmm. if you're not dealing with the underlying cause, which to me is trauma and the types of things that I went through uh, in terms of diagnosis with him really don't mm -hmm. make sense. Like from an engineer standpoint, it's more about what symptoms are there today? Well, what's, what's really causing this? You know, it's when he changed jobs that he went psychotic and no one really even touched the surface with that. So to me, mm -hmm. uh, stigma, anybody, you know, uh, could have trauma in their life. Anybody can respond to trauma in a certain way. So I think what, I would like what I would like to see is just like my podcast, kind of let's just listen to people's stories and understand what they're going through. And to me, the empathy is the biggest thing. It's like, man, that must be tough. And yeah. just changing the conversation around it, besides, you know, a lot of uh, folks will share things like, uh, oh, they're just going through a phase or, uh, I'm sure once they get out of school, it'll be you'll be back on track, right. and you know yeah. it's like, no, I don't really think so. And to me, it's like I, my journey with my son. If we get more folks listening to what you know parents go through, what they go through, the more it could start breaking down the fact that these are very complicated things. Uh, I think mm -hmm. in 20 years, our treatment's going to be totally different. I even read some of the stuff that you folks put out in Cobb Collaborative. Uh, it's much more take care of yourself, empathy to your uh, mm -hmm. loved one. Um, to me, that's what is going to um, start that process of us kind of getting out of the, uh, uh, I can't talk about this in front of other people. People, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that would surprise parents to know about their child's mental health? Whether their child appears to have yeah. good, I'm using quotes, yeah. um, good mental health or uh, maybe not so good mental health. Yeah. What's something that would surprise the uh, kind of average parent out there? Yeah. Well, I, I would say that things can get way worse than you ever imagined. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I, you're, you're keeping it real. Yeah. Here, yeah. Aren't yeah. You? <laughs> Things can get way worse than you ever imagined. And, um, you know, I could tell you stories that would be shocking. I really don't feel the need to do that. But what I would say, um, f I would say you're part of how your son or daughter has this man of uh, mental illness has manifested itself. And the, and the reason I say that is I came from a traumatic background as a child, not, not uh, anything overly negative. It's just, I grew up in a big family. I wasn't heard. I didn't have uh, support when something went wrong, people yelled and then they separated. So I learned that emotions were bad. Uh, mm. feeling uh, strong emotions were bad. Don't have those, you know. And um, I passed that on to my sons. And my ex had her own stuff. And we, we both, as a, as, a, as a couple, 
passed on things to our children that we didn't respond in what they needed. And I think uh, that book I was telling you about, uh, The Myth of Normal, really goes into more a lot more depth. But basically, it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that you're part of what has happened to your child. And if you really embrace that, you could say, hey, I can take responsibility to that for that. And that's what I did with my son. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I was not... Very. I was not a good listener. I did not pay attention. Okay. And I'll tell you a quick story of how things changed for me. Really okay. simple thing. But uh, when my son was, you know, not too stable, he was, of course, kicked out of the uh, medical system because he wasn't a harm to himself or others. So he ended up in our house. And I remember um, he would say things like, uh, Dad, people are out to get me. No, they're not. I think, who who are you talking about? No, that's not true. That's not true. And I could yeah, see he... You're just imagining that. Right. And I could see him get more and more upset. And uh-huh. I changed a little thing that made a huge difference. And, and it helped rewire my brain. And I said, he'd say, Dad, people are out to get me. I'd say, that must be tough. Ah. Uh, and I shut up. It's a very empathetic response, right. isn't it? Yeah. Right. And it's not saying the feeling to me is what I invalidated. So, yes, right. You know, and it seems trivial, but it's not. It's you hearing someone where they are and understanding mm-hmm. that. And then hopefully over time, build a relationship based on that. And that's what, you know, it's taken quite a few years, but I feel like my son and I are in the best spot we've been in in our whole lives. And the wow. change came not from him, but from me. Mm-hmm. From from you, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. My goodness, um, what a journey, Bill, that yeah. you um, and your family have been on for sure. And you are continuing to help others navigate mm-hmm. that journey through sharing your own experiences, being vulnerable and transparent. And I can't thank you enough for yeah. being that way. Um, in our conversation today and then you know what you do to lift up other stories and maybe Mm. not give advice but share by sharing your own experiences and um, how you have changed that that does help people so thank you thank you so much yeah thank you I appreciate you doing this podcast and all the great things we're doing in Cobb County (laughs) so Bill, as our time together draws to a close, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to mention? Uh, <clears throat> one of the things I'm not really good at is marketing, but if you want to check out the okay. podcast, it's available on uh, all the different places. You get your podcast, Navigating Mental Illness Parent Stories, and uh, have the website navigatingmentalillness.co, and uh, you can leave a voice, whatever, on it and let me know your story if you want to be i'd love to get some more folks to be interviewed too and i, okay. and I one thing i did mention is i also have experts so i interviewed um gosh kim i'm terrible with names i interviewed <laughs> a, a local lawyer from cobb county that helps uh, uh-huh. mentally ill uh uh, defendants and I've interviewed uh, other folks, nine one one operators, and 
things like that. So if you want to be considered for the show, send me an uh, email, bill at navigatingmentalillness.co. I'd love to have you on the show. Great. Well, we'll drop all of that in our show notes Great. and we'll have a, uh, a mutual referral system here. Yeah, How about that? I'd love to have you on, Irene, talk about all the programs you guys have. Okay. I would like that. All so, right. Well, Bill, it has been a pleasure to talk with you today. I, I don't know whether to say I'm, you know, I, in a way, I guess I regret that your life story mm. has led you to this, but in another way, I'm grateful that your life story has led yeah. you to this um, and has led to us connecting here yeah. in Cobb County. So thank you well, very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind Speaks podcast. Also, we kindly ask that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please tune in next time as we continue to empower and engage our community as we explore critical and important topics. Until next time, please stay well and remember there is no help without mental health.